0: Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Melissa from lissknorris.com, where I blog about inspiring your faith and pioneer roots. And Lisa from Fresh Eggs Daily is joining me here today, and I'm really excited to have her. She is another old-fashioned gal right after my own heart. And we're going to be talking about raising chickens. She is a chicken and duck expert today. And why that we're going to be talking about that is when it's a free daily food source. And free is a relative term when you have livestock. But (laughs) you do go to gather your eggs and don't have to. them at the grocery store. And we're going to be talking about the ways that the pioneers did them and really some old fashioned techniques and what you really need and what you don't need. Um, And this will also be a live video up on my YouTube channel. And then it will also be a live podcast. Thank you for being on with me today.
1: Hey, I'm glad to be here.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have Lisa. So Lisa, tell me a little bit about now where I am in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm on the West Coast and you are, where are you
1: from Lisa? I'm in Maine. So I'm on the East Coast. And uh, this is our first year in Maine. We moved from Virginia. So it's a bit of a learning curve with the cold and the snow. Um, I grew up in New England. So I personally am used to it, but I didn't raise chickens then. So this is all kind of new for me with the, with the cold. But the chickens are doing amazing. We have no heat in our coop. We have no light. Um, we, we're, they're still laying a little bit. Our ducks are laying and the chickens are fine. I mean, it was six degrees this morning when I woke up. And I opened the coop door, and they just all came popping out, ready for breakfast. So chickens are a lot more hardy than than you give them credit for. I was really nervous that they were going to be cold, but so far, so good.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So how many chickens Those, maybe, do you have right now?
1: I have 11 chickens and 12 ducks. Since we moved, I had about three dozen, and since we were moving, I kind of downsized, and um, I rehomed a lot of them, and I just kept my favorites. So I'll be hatching again this spring, which will be really fun. Um so I have I have about a dozen chickens and about a dozen ducks in the coop right now. Oh, awesome! That and one egg today, and one, one egg, egg because they're slackers.
0: Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> they better watch it. I always threaten mine that they're going to go into the stew pot.
1: <laughs> but I don't. That's what Lola just said. Um, no, we don't eat our chickens. Um, In fact, I have one chicken who's seven years old and she came with us and she's slowed down a bit. You know, she's not quite as active as she used to be, but she's doing just great. I mean, she's all puffed up, to stay warm, and she lays maybe like four eggs a year or something like that. But, you know, she still eats bugs and she still poops a lot. So we get a lot of fertilizer from her. So she's still (laughs) earning her keep.
0: That's good. That is definitely one benefit to the chickens is if you are a gardener then you do have lots of free fertilizer available to you. So I we do have a question over here. How big does my coop need to be for two chickens?
1: Well, roughly you're gonna want between three and five square feet of floor space per chicken. Um, so for two chickens, you know, you want six to ten square feet. But honestly if you are in the colder climates, a bigger coop isn't always better because it's hard for them to keep it warm with their body heat. So, you know, you might think I want this huge coop and, and just a few chickens, but you really want to keep the coop size at the minimum that you need in the colder climates because they can keep it warm. So it was six degrees when I woke up outside. And when I opened the coop up, it was 14 degrees inside. So just from their body heat, they had raised the temperature. What's that? Eight degrees, which yeah. is pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely, that is pretty good. So Lola has another, has a question here. And hers is, is there a way to keep my chickens alive in winter? Which I think you kind of touched on. I think that a lot of people assume that you have to have a heat lamp or the chickens need to be kept heated. But as we know, the pioneers way back when, when we didn't have electricity, heat lamps were not a thing. And so do you want to kind of address a little bit? Is there, is there really like a certain temperature thing where you really do need to heat or provide heat for the chickens?
1: I don't think you do. I think that, um, you know, I have readers from Scandinavia, from Alaska. They don't heat their coops. As long as the temperature gradually gets colder, the chickens can get used to it and they their bodies get acclimated and they're, they're just fine. Um, as you mentioned, the pioneers didn't have electricity and they had chickens, but a big difference is they their chickens lived in the barn with the other animals. So it wasn't, you know, just two chickens in this huge coop. It was chickens probably roosting on the rafters of the barn. So the body sheep and the cows and the goats and all that was, was rising up, you know, so it is a little bit different. You can't just say, well, they didn't have heat and their chickens were fine. Cause we've taken a lot of the natural out of chicken keeping by putting them in our backyard. Um, but as long as you have, like I said, a fairly small coop, you put a lot of straw down, a lot of insulation, uh, give them cracked corn before bed or some scratch grains. They're going to be just fine. They're, most animals are pretty cold hardy. The heat bothers them a lot more than the cold does.
0: Okay, so that so um so your suggestion to give them cracked corn or some scratch before bedtime. What is the reasoning for that? Is that just so that they it helps keep their metabolism up because as they eat, then their body has to break right. down the food, or what is that kind of along those lines? Exactly,
1: they're digesting, heat as they digest it. So yes. Yep, exactly.
0: Okay. So we have another question over here. Is there a breed that you would suggest over another breed?
1: Um, <laughs> in I'll general or for the cold? <laughs> for the cold, um, there are cold hardy breeds. You want to stay away from the Mediterranean breeds, um, the Andalusians and the legerns and, and like the real small bodied um, chickens with the huge combs because their combs can get frostbitten, they don't have a lot of body mass. So if you're in a cold climate, um, you really want to go with like the big, big bodied girls, you know, buff Warpingtons or Australorps or, you know, a chicken that's got some meat on her because she'll be able to stay warmer. I also um, think that the the black breeds like Jersey Giants or the black Australorps, Morons, they absorb the sunlight you know, like any black surface does. And, um, I think they stay warmer also, whereas a lot of the Mediterranean breeds are white or light gray, so they're not going to stay as warm. Um, oh, that's an but in general, are my favorite, uh, breed. Okay. so you can't go wrong with an Australorp.
0: <laughs> yeah. I never even thought about the feather color color. I don't know why, but yeah, the, the black, that's a really good point. I love that. Um, and we have here, I've got my buff Orphington, which she is just, she's my favorite. I call her Buffy. She's just the best little bird. And then I've got a silver wynadot and that she is so pretty with the black and the white. But yeah, the, so the darker color bird, that makes so much sense that it, obviously they would attract the natural, the sunlight and the heat and stay warmer. I love that. So do you think as far as egg production wise, do you think that there's certain breeds that just tend to be better layers or you get more eggs Per that bird per se, one breed versus another, have you noti- noticed that at all?
1: Well, you do. They have the production breeds that have been bred purely for production. The the red sexlings, links, the black sex um, the Leghorns are pretty much what the commercial hatcheries, uh, commercial egg farms use because they're such good producers. But I think in general, any chicken that that's you know um, lives in a fairly stress free environment has a good diet, gets fresh air and exercise. I'm going to lay almost every day. You know, some of my blue egg layers are a little finicky in that, but um, in the, in the nice weather, pretty much any breed is going to lay you um, eggs almost every day. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily go for who's going to lay me the most eggs, but more, you know, what type chicken appeals to you, temperament. Like you said, the Buff Warpingtons are just such sweet chickens, um, egg color, if they're good for your climate, things like that. Okay.
0: Awesome. So, I actually, we had started out with baby chicks, and I did not have good luck with the chicks. I started out, you know, we went and got a whole bunch of them, and they they raised fine, but we were doing free range. So I had my coop, but we had free range, and we live out on almost 15 acres, so we have coyotes and natural predators where we're at. And I ended up, out of 18 chicks, I had one that made it to egg-laying at about five months old. So... So I stopped with the chicks and I actually, we took a year off. We just took the winter off. I gave that hen to my neighbors who had a big existing flock and coop. And then I went and I purchased some year old layers and started our flock fresh again the next spring. And they were so much more streetwise. I was getting eggs right away. And that's still the flock that I have today. They're um, three, well, they're four years old. I've had them three years. So I've had much better luck personally with that so do you have any advice when you're starting out with the chicks because I want to get some more chickens and I want to try chicks again integrating them into an existing flock because I've never taken itty bitty babies and put them with a flock that's already established so are there any guidelines that I need to watch out for in regards to that
1: well, yeah, chickens are not really welcoming to newcomers because they take their pecking order so seriously. So they will literally kill new, new chickens, especially if they're small. But again, going back to the pioneers, you know, they didn't have incubators. They didn't have hatcheries that they could mail order. So they were hatching chicks under their hens. And I've done both. I've done the incubator. I've bought baby chicks and I've also hatched under hen. And if you can get one of your hens to sit on eggs, it's the best. She keeps them warm. She turns them. She, you know, the humidity, you don't have to worry about anything. You basically just feed her, make sure she has food close by. Then when the chicks hatch, she, again, keeps the chicks warm. She shows them where food is. You know, she teaches them, you know, if, if something comes by that it might be a threat, she'll make a noise and let them know that's a threat. And the best thing is that she introduces them to the flock. So like when I hatch eggs, I, I usually use a dog crate on the floor of my coop So the rest of the flock sees the egg there. They see them hatching. They see the baby chicks hatching. And then after maybe a week or so, I just leave the door of the dog crate open, and the mother hen will lead her chicks out into the run, and everybody knows. You know, and if anybody comes too close, she'll peck them or she'll chase them away. And integration is seamless, whereas if you try to bring new chicks or or pullets or, you know, eight- or ten-week-olds into a flock – it's like a massacre. I mean, you have to separate them with fencing for weeks, and it's just awful. But if you can hatch them in your coop under a hen, I mean, it was amazing. It actually happened by accident the first time I was cleaning out their little dog crate, and I had left the door open, and I was going you know, to get something, and the mother hen literally marched out of the dog crate down the ramp, into the run with her baby chicks behind her. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, they were teeny. They were like a week old. And I'm thinking they're just going to be killed. So I had to run around to the, the gate to the run, went inside, and they were just pecking around in the dirt. The mother hen was scratching around. The other chickens were curious, but they weren't bothering them. It was amazing. And I even had a rooster at that time. He didn't bother the chicks at all. So... The pioneers definitely knew what was going on when they hatched under chickens.
0: <laughs> so I don't currently have a rooster, so I've just got my hens. So if I didn't want to get a rooster in order to fertilize the eggs in order for my hens to you know, lay their own and hatch them out, could you order live eggs per se from somewhere and then mm-hmm. put them under her if you have one that naturally wants to set and is inclined and is already trying to set on the eggs that aren't fertilized? Is that a possibility?
1: Yeah, that's what I do, because I I generally don't have a rooster. I've ended up with a few because I've hatched them, but I'm not a huge fan. They just create so much drama. They rip up the hens. So I just buy fertile eggs. Um, A lot of the hatcheries and breeders, you know, my chicken, I think, sells fertile hatching eggs now. Um, So yeah, you can find, you know, local farm, maybe you could check Craigslist and see if there's a local farm that's selling the fertilized eggs.
0: Awesome. Okay, I'm I'm doing that this spring. I'm so excited because I've never hatched out my own before like I said. So this is going to be fun. So, how long cuz I actually don't know this. I do in regards to to pigs and cattle and horses, but how long is does the hen set? What's the incubation period for the egg then?
1: It's 21 days. And if you are wanting to use a hen and you think one's going broody, which, you know, she'll she won't get out of the nest. You know, you'll think she's sick because she just wants to stay in the nest. And then if you pick her up, you'll notice that she's pulled out all her breast feathers and has them in the nest as bedding for the chicks um you know i would still give her a couple days just to make sure that she really truly is going to sit you mm-hmm. know put some fake eggs under her put some unfertilized eggs under her just put something under her to make sure she's really um dedicated to it and then once you're pretty sure that that she's going to sit um and it's not just like a whim that one day she didn't want to get out of the box then i would put the catching eggs because she will sit longer than the three weeks um Generally, it's the peeping of the baby chicks that kind of snaps her out of the broodiness. You know, so don't feel like you have to get those eggs under her the day that she goes broody. I mean, I've I've had one for a week and a half or two weeks before I've gotten the eggs under her. And then she sits for the three weeks.
0: Oh, awesome. I do. My Buff orphanage actually, every spring, um, she gets broody and she, yeah, of course. she sits on my eggs. And then she's always sweet. Until then. So then I try to gather the eggs and she doesn't want to come out underneath and she doesn't really peck me, but she lets me know she's not happy that I'm taking the eggs out from underneath her, but they're not fertilized. So it doesn't matter how long she sits on them. They're, you know, they're not going to hatch. And so I will watch for her. She's not doing it right now. I just, I'm so excited because I've never hatched them out before. This is going to be so much fun. So um, we have a couple of questions I want to answer as well. So I've got, um, I love your books, Lisa. Where can others get them? Yes. Yeah, so Lisa, Lisa is an author and we will be talking about books guys in in just a minute Uh, so we will get to that and then i missed this one from lola i think she asked it earlier when we were talking about in regards to keeping the hens warm and feeding them at bedtime and she said when you say bedtime do you mean before sunrise and i'm assuming you mean at sunset before they actually brew or go up to sleep for the night
1: Right. Right Usually in the morning, I put down their feed, I kind of measure out what I think they'll eat for the day, and I put that down in the morning and just leave it out all day and they eat it as they want. And then maybe an hour before sunset dusk, whatever whatever time they're normally going in, I'll put throw down some scratch grains and, and refill the feeders if, if they need a little more feed, but for the most part, they'll just fill up on the scratch. Um, I give them about an hour before they usually go to bed for that. Okay
0: awesome good to know there um so i have some questions so i know that a lot of times people don't want the rooster so if you go to buy live chicks you know especially in the in the springtime with easter and all the feed stores around here anyway say we'll get you know tubs and tubs of the live little cute little baby chicks my kids love go to buy feed at the feed store when that happens because they like see all the little chicks running around but Mm -hmm. most people don't want to get a whole bunch of roosters because they want hens for the most part they're wanting to start a flock of their laying hens so and I don't know how to do this so how do you check when they're young how do you know if you're getting a rooster or a hen is there an easy way to tell
1: um, Well, not really. That was actually one of the things that um when you're talking about pioneers and old wives' tales and that, you know, there are so many um theories. You know, um if you drop a hat, it, you know, in, if your chicks are kind of milling around, you drop a hat, like a baseball cap or something, the hens will move back and the roosters will rush it. Um There's kind of like the women who are pregnant. You can take a gold ring on a string and if it circles, it's a hen. And if it doesn't, it's a rooster. I mean, just crazy things like that that really don't work. Um, but I imagine the pioneers sitting around, you know, there was no Netflix, there was no internet. So they were like, hey, let's try to figure out if these are, you know, hens or roosters. Um, but basically, in the first couple of days, you can check their feathers. Um, the hens and roosters will feather out differently on their wing feathers. Oh. Um, or I've found that the roosters, they tend to be smaller, and they tend to be kind of raggedy, you know, like if you have one that is looking kind of like it has mange or something, that might be a little rooster. And their legs are often stockier. Okay. And their stance—you know—they just kind of stand a little bit more masculine. But for the most part, you're kind of just guessing when you're picking chicks. The professionals can vent sex them. You know, look at their little baby parts and tell if it's a male or female. But they're internal, so unless you really know what you're doing, that's not something that you could do at the feed store. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they would really <laughs> they you to that. do that.
0: Good to know. Good to no. know. Um, oh, we have, oh, this one's funny. What came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> the age old question there. I'm not sure that we've got the answer. I always oh, say that the chicken yeah. myself, I say God created the chicken first, but I think that's to each their own.
1: <laughs> right. And chickens were dinosaurs first. So whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, they actually. Because the egg. <laughs> that,
0: the egg. That's funny. They, um the chickens are so interesting. They have such personalities and I never would have guessed that And mine. I don't know about yours. Mine are quite chatty. Mine are quite sociable. Like if I'm outside or my husband's outside and we're doing something with the rest of the animals, like I said, we raise our own beef cattle and we've got pigs and all of that. They just want to, cause ours are free ranging. They just want to come up and investigate everything that we're doing. And they, they make their little noises and they, you know, chit chat back and forth with, with me, I was surprised at the socialness of them, actually, with humans, too, the interaction between us. Are mm-hmm. your girls pretty chatty?
1: Yeah, they are very social. Yeah. And they, they do. I mean, they're looking for treats a lot, too. But I think, you know, like you said, if you're outside doing something, they come over, they're curious, you know, you might be digging up some worms or something. But but I think they really do just, like, you know, hanging out. They're, they're very, very social animals. Yeah. So...
0: And I I think that I have, at least with my own, when I started with this chick, so generally speaking, did they generally, when you, you know, you get your little babies, is it about four months of age that they're going to start producing eggs? Is that kind of the generality or what's kind of their...
1: 18 weeks is probably the earliest that you'll see, you know, from an overachiever, um, 20, 24 weeks, 22 weeks, something around then they should start. Okay. And is and it's like forever. Forever.
0: <laughs> forever. So do they have kind of a peak period? And actually, what is the lifespan of a chicken? I don't even, I don't know that. What is their, what's a general lifespan for a chicken?
1: Um, about 10 to 12 years. I think, you know, every once in a while, there's a rooster that's like 21 years old or 16 years old or something. But you can probably figure on 10 to 12 years. Um, I've read, and I don't know if it's true, but if you don't light your coop, you know, to force them to lay through the winter, but you give their bodies that break and, and again, do things a lot more naturally, that they can live longer. They don't have as many reproductive issues, Um things like that. So that's another reason why I don't light my coop and I just kind of deal with fewer eggs in the winter. I figure they, you know, they need that natural break. They're coming off of the mulch. They've just grown in new feathers. So I'm not going to force them to lay through the winter. I just kind of wait till spring when everything picks up again. They only lay well for maybe three to five years. Um, But after that, as I had mentioned with my, my Charlotte, who's seven years old, you know, she still eats bugs. She eats ticks. She provides fertilizer, you know so um we'll just keep feeding them until they just kill over dead one day
0: <laughs> okay so that's good to know so your your egg production is about between 3 to 5 years old is when you're going to get the majority of your egg production and then after that you can decide to keep them as as pets or for fertilizer or um so you don't you don't butcher you don't raise any of your own chickens for meat then no. No, <laughs> no.
1: We,
0: we do, but I'm they're not, not my that. laying hens. We, we do raise meat chickens. We raise tw- about 25 a year because 25 whole chickens is about what gets my family of four through the year. But I, I have not butchered any of my laying hens one they're older and I know that the meat would be tougher. Um, but you do de-
1: exactly. That's my justification too. They'd just be all stringy and chewy anyway. So
0: yeah, and I do with the meat chickens. I know we've got them for just that set amount of time, and there's 25 of them. And I mean, you know, we feed them and we take care of them very humanely and that. But they're not they're not our pets. I don't grow an attachment. I don't name them. Right. Whereas my hens, you know, they've got their they their names, them. and you know, and we interact with them, and so that definitely would be be a lot harder um, to do. So I I definitely keep my two flocks separate for my laying and my meat chickens.
1: Um, And you know what you mentioned earlier about um, the first batch where they all got killed by the predators, older hens also make really good broody moms. You know, they've been around the block. They know what a threat is. They know what to eat, what not to eat. So if you can get one of your older hens to sit on eggs, you know, she'll be perfectly happy. She's probably not as active as the younger hens anyway. So sitting in a box all day, she's like, I'm good, you know. Um, and I've read that older hens actually do have a better success rate with their chicks because, you know, they've learned life lessons and they, they teach them what they need to know. So that's another th- reason why you shouldn't eat your older hens because they can be good moms.
0: Yeah, that is, that is so key. And that's um, actually it's funny because in, in my book, in the livestock chapter, that's that's what I talk about is I recommend if you're just starting out and with laying hens is to get some older ones first, buy your laying hens and start with that. And then now I'm going to introduce in the babies with the mom. I'm going to have her set on the live eggs. I'm so excited. I can't wait to start this. Um, oh, okay. We've got a couple of questions over here. How to stop ducks from becoming killer machine to strangers.
1: Oh, no. Well, I guess that's kind of good. I mean, like geese, they could be guard animals. Um, I mean, our ducks are really friendly, so I don't really know. We've never had a, a killer duck on our hands.
0: Well, that that's good. We actually had, we when I was little, we had a farmer up the way from us that sold fresh milk, and we didn't have dairy cows. We, I've always just been raised with beef cattle, and they had a goose, and that goose was so mean that... I knew as soon as he spotted me, I just started running for the car. And my mom would be behind me trying to bat him off. And I don't know if it's because I was smaller. And so, and I showed fear because I was running, but that goose knew, knew when I was there and he would just come. And so I just learned to stay in the car. I didn't even get out when we got to their farm anymore. <laughs> um, how do you encourage the chickens out of an egg drought after molt and the cold winter months?
1: they'll they'll just start laying automatically once the days start getting longer. You know, just recently the days have started getting longer and now I have a second hen just start laying not every day but maybe every third day. She's she's popping an egg out. So, you know, just keep feeding them layer feed, give them lots of fresh air, exercise, and when the days start getting longer they'll start laying again.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um do I raise Cornish X for meat birds and where do you buy them? Oh, okay. So I have raised the, the yes, the Cornish X for our meat birds. I generally order mine from a hatchery. It's a small family hatchery and I could be in communication with them. And that's called Hoover's Hatchery. And I've ordered from there and they ship them um, as little baby chicks in the mail to us. And usually it has to be... Um, You have to do a minimum order of 25, so you have to get 25 chickens. But I believe that they will let you split that up. So if you wanted to get some laying hens or some meat breeds, that you could do that. And so they come to the post office and then... You call the post office ahead of time and say, "Hey, my chicks are coming in." So that way, as soon as they come in in the morning, the post office will call you. So the babies aren't sitting at the post office all day. Plus, it helps alert them to know why the box is tripping. <laughs> and so the post office will just call you first thing in the morning when it gets there, and then you can go right over and grab them so that there's not any any waiting time. And then you can get them at home under the under the heat lamp and get them drinking water, which is the most important when they're traveling that way and then get them going so that is what um, we have done for the past couple years this year i may try some of the dual heritage breeds which are meat chickens but they're not the cornish game cross they're also laying hens um i'm not sure yet we've really liked the meat and the fast growing quality of the cornish cross and We haven't had any issues. We just treat them as we would our regular birds. And so we haven't had any problems with organ failure or legs breaking due to them getting too heavy. Um, so I'm not sure which breeds we'll do this year. We'll probably do some of the Cornish cross again, but we might bring in some of the heritage breeds as well. Um, we're going to see. As far as the meat birds, if anybody is wanting to know more about raising the meat birds, um, usually your larger feed stores and any of the larger towns around you will also get some meat breeds in when they get the hens in in the springtime. So usually you can go there. I do recommend though a lot of times, even with the chicks they'll sell out quite quickly. So put your name in um, put your request in ahead of time and then usually they will order extra for you and then you can just go in and pick them up there at the feed store when they get their shipment in if you don't want to deal with um, a hatchery yourself or having them come in the mail directly to you. So there's usually a couple options that you can do that as well. And I actually have up two full blog posts on raising your own chickens for meat and then butchering them yourself because we do all of that here on our homestead. So you can go over to moscanorris.com and go on the blog and you can find those, you can can see them under the podcast episode as well do i have a scalder and plucker or do you do it the old-fashioned way i actually we rent um a scalder and automatic plucker just because we're doing 25 all in one day and it makes things go a lot faster you could totally do it the old-fashioned way um we're still you know butchering them ourselves and then you know scalding them it's just a big tank of water that sits on a propane heater so that you do it all outside instead over trying to get your water boiling on a wood fire, which I've scalded when we butchered our pigs. I have scalded them in a big tub over a fire ourselves. But with the chickens, I pref- it's just so much easier to light that propane tank and just it goes to temp and then you just scald them and throw them in the plucker. Um, and then we, you know... Um, do everything, all the rest of the processing. I'm trying to find the nicest words here <laughs> ourselves, and then wrap them and freeze them, and and we do all that part ourselves. Um, and the rent fee is like twenty five dollars for all of it, which in my opinion is totally worth it. It just streamlines the process, and we can get through twenty five chickens in like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It goes really fast. So to us, it's just definitely worth it. But you could totally do it the old fashioned way as well. Um, it, I think it depends on how many you're doing at a time. Um, to me, you know, I still feel that we're still doing it ourselves and I don't mind using modern, um, things if it's going to help expedite the process and it, it doesn't, you know, take away from the experience, so to speak. So that, that is what we do. And like I said, I've got a full, um, tutorial up there with, with photos and explaining all of that and where we get everything. Um, if you're interested in more that part of it as well, so you can go and check that out there. And guys, I, I do want to share uh, my book, The Made From Scratch Life, launches February 1st, but we've been getting emails from Amazon that some people may get it a few days early. So right now, I've got a lot of bonuses that are going on if you pre-order the book, and those are at themadefromscratchlife.com. We have the Amish canning cookbook sampler, so it goes into pressure canning and recipes and charts. We've also got a 30-day preparedness ebook that walks you through 30 days on things to get prepared using the old-fashioned methods. Then we've also got the um, five-day free e-course, the fast-track bonus course to get you going on Made From Scratch Life. And we cover in there everything from livestock to growing your own heirloom garden, preserving, cooking from scratch, natural health and natural cleaning and beauty recipes, kind of, you know, the whole, the whole gamut of the kind of life that Lisa and I are talking about with the old fashioned, you know, pioneer-ish tips and stuff that we can implement into our modern lives. So there's over $40 of free bonuses. I would love for you guys to go and check them out. Plus a special offer. My family has been raising our own strain of our heirloom green Pole bean seed for over a hundred years, and it's not available for sale in stores or in seed catalogs. But I'm offering to those who pre order the supply is very limited because it's just what we've raised here on our own homestead. But for those of you who are wanting to start or would like to try the seed, that's a special offer that's going on right now. But it's first come, first serve. So if you are interested in any of those bonuses, go check out madefromscratchlife.com and then check out Lisa's book for both fresh eggs daily, which is with the chickens, and then the duck, fresh. I'm just going to say that wrong. Tell me the duck name title again. Duck <laughs> eggs daily. Duck it's eggs, duck days, eggs am, daily. Duck eggs daily. Got it. Which I am so excited about because like I said, I have no experience with ducks and everything that you have told me, though, they just sound like an, an amazing animal to add into your homestead for food production um, and, and just for fun because the animals, they are fun. They're work, but they're fun and so rewarding. So I'm really excited about yeah. that. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And Lisa, thank you for coming on and being a guest and sharing with your knowledge. I learned a ton from this. I'm really excited. Um, so
1: thank you oh, so good. much.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, you. Yeah, you're so welcome. And so Lisa's website is Fresh Eggs Daily, which we said. And then Lisa, where can people connect with you um, online as far as like social media?
1: Same thing. Twitter, um, Instagram, Pinterest, Fresh Eggs Daily. Just okay. So if, if I'm there, that's that's my my name, so you'll find me.
0: Okay, so not under Lisa, but under Fresh Eggs Daily on the social media. Sites. Under Fresh Eggs Daily. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Go go check out all those fun things, and happy duck and chicken raising and getting your fresh eggs. So, Lisa, thank you so much.